Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Hello, dear listeners. As we look ahead to Good Friday this week, I'd like us to give some attention in this meditation to what the Gospel writer Luke gives to the church in Luke 23, verses 39 through 43. I want to read that with you. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, that's the Lord Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God? since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The painter Rembrandt drew up an image called the Three Crosses. That was a portrayal of the three men of our passage being crucified beside each other. But pictures, they only say so much. While the picture might be worth a thousand words, it cannot come anywhere close to expressing as meaningfully as our passage the event it portrays. So in light of Good Friday coming later this week, I want to consider with you how at the three crosses of Golgotha, the Lord Jesus promises paradise for repentant sinners. The mockery that the Lord Jesus endured on the cross started well before our passage. After he was stripped naked and nailed to the cross, After his clothes were divided up by casting lots, the rulers, they sneered at him. He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers, they mocked him, saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. But now those who were suspended in the air beside him were joining in on the insults. They were criminals. In the parallel accounts in Matthew and Mark, they are called robbers. And both of those accounts also say that both robbers heaped insults on him. Luke gives us the words of the first criminal. Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. He doesn't believe Jesus is the Christ. He's mocking him. Come on, be who you claim to be. Be the Christ and save us all. Terrible. These criminals are in the exact same situation as the Lord. This man was about to face eternal hell, but that did not make him stop and think about what he was doing. Sure, he wanted to be saved from death, but not spiritual death, physical death. He wanted salvation from the cross, 
This criminal demanded that Jesus save him on his own terms. There was no faith involved. There was no reverence at all. He had no change of heart. And that was to be expected from a hardened criminal. That's why what happens next is so startling. There is a change of heart in the second criminal. He rebukes the first criminal. Do you not fear God, since you are under the same condemnation? But what he is saying is, soon you will be face to face with the judgment of God. Instead of spending your last moments mocking and insulting, why not use your last breath to humble yourself before God? Fear Him. Plead with Him for forgiveness of your past. He continues, And we, indeed, justly, we have been condemned justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. These are the words of repentance. This criminal confesses his guilt and accepts responsibility for it. He knows his sentence is completely just. What has brought this all about? Why this change of heart? We don't know what particular event would have triggered this confession. But it is the work of God. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit that this man has a change of heart. There is here faith and repentance where previously there was hatred and defiance. There is confession. We are getting punished because we deserve it. This criminal confesses the innocence of Jesus. This man has done nothing wrong. He admits that the punishment all three received was justly inflicted on himself and his fellow robber, but not on Christ. Christ hung on the cross because he did nothing wrong. Dear listeners, he hung on the cross because we did everything wrong. This is to our deepest shame. Christ did not get what his deeds deserve. He got what our deeds deserve. We should have hung on that cross under God's eternal curse. That's deserved. But what we deserved, Christ received. So consider your sins and what they all deserved. And consider how merciful the Lord is that those who believe in him do not get what our sins deserve. We need a Savior, one who receives what our deeds deserve. Well, this convicted robber uses his last breath to ask for something he did not deserve. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. By the work of the Holy Spirit, this man is led to see that the kingdom of Jesus is not just some temporal kingdom. It's an everlasting, heavenly kingdom. The cross does not mark the end of this man. 
This robber sees that the insults that face the Lord Jesus and the nails that pierce him will not prevent him from entering his kingdom. The man believed this, that Jesus was the king of a coming kingdom. That's true faith, dear listener. Confessing your own guilt and committing your life to Jesus Christ. What a difference between this man's plea and the plea of the other criminal. Save yourself and us, the one says. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom, the other says. Both ask for salvation. But what is the difference? One asked for temporal salvation in sarcastic unbelief. The other for eternal salvation in humble faith. Remember me. Think of me when you enter into the halls of your kingdom. I would like to be there with you. I know you have the power to grant me forgiveness and salvation, so look upon me in mercy. Now we today know that Christ has risen from the dead. We have the testimony of God's word that Christ defeated death on the third day. How much more, then, ought we to beg for God's mercy and grace in Christ, the risen Lord? We ought to come in even greater humility than this criminal and cry out for God's forgiveness and for eternal life. And then leaving this life is something we may look forward to. For Jesus responds to the criminal, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. What a startling declaration this must have been. The Lord Jesus will remember this repentant criminal. And he grants this repentant thief more than he asked for. This blessing will not come sometime in the distant future. That's what the criminal had asked for. Remember me when you come in your kingdom. But no, Jesus says, today you will be with me. Today you will go from excruciating pain to the refreshing springs of the garden of God. For that is what the Lord has in mind when he mentions paradise. It's a word that, of course, harks back to the Garden of Eden. It's a place where God will dwell with his children who truly believe in him. Paradise was closed off, barricaded in Genesis. But by dying on the cross, Jesus Christ has opened the way again, the access to that peaceful garden. Our passage is clear. The Lord said nothing at all to the one who insulted him and wouldn't give up. Condemnation was for him. Only the repentant thief was saved by Christ. He was a criminal no more. Christ saved this man out of grace. You will be with me, not because of anything you have to offer, but because of my love, I have come to promise paradise to those who believe. Do you see how awesome all of this is? 
Christ knew his suffering of the agony of hell would bear fruit. That is why he could with all boldness make the promise he did that the criminal's reward is coming today. In less than six hours, Jesus' promise was fulfilled. After being totally abandoned and forsaken by his father in those three hours of darkness, after suffering that eternal, hellish agony of forsakenness, he called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He breathed his last, and he entered the paradise of God. He opened paradise and ushered in the thief with him. Let me now ask, is heaven ever in your mind? Is the perfection of paradise something you think of? Through the death of Christ on Good Friday, the Lord God has opened the way to enter paradise. Eternal life is for those who believe in the crucified Christ. The robber received eternal life. We may receive it as well. But only if we know and confess we don't deserve it. If you know what you really deserve, then let it also be clear today where you can go to pray you don't get what you deserve. Seek Christ in repentance and faith. Not later, not tomorrow. Don't wait until the day of your death to make your confession of faith. Live in God's grace today. He will not turn you aside. You may rest assured in the promise of Christ. Forgiveness of our sins leads to eternal life in paradise forever. Plead with the Lord to remember you in mercy. For those who confess and love the kingdom of Christ, paradise awaits. And that message is what makes Good Friday so very good. Till next time, dear listeners. <laughs> 